Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. How many podcasts are there out there? There's, there's like there's four. This is another problem. I feel like I say podcast funny. Say what? Podcast. <laughs> All right. This is a podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Not podcast. a podcast. <laughs> right. yeah, too, too bad there's not an Oreo you can name it after. <laughs> like you know, like Sydney. a Sin- Sydney podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does our podcast have a name? For fans, by fans, section three three six: the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, it's been four years since we started coming into your ear holes, and if we have anything to say about it, we will be doing the show for at least another four more months. Also, we will catch up with Rich Dubroff to help make sense of this Brady Anderson story. And we will even get into some Ravens talk. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Baltimore's best sports talk. I'm your dearly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, for these four years, I've been joined by the Zane Ebert Roadie. You serious? We've been doing this for four years? That's for real? Yeah, and we've also been joined for four years by the button lover himself, Josh Sroka. Without missing a week. At least I haven't missed a week. Not well, completely true. Was there one time you got a salad at Burger King or Burger something? King. <laughs> I Down for the count. I believe I recorded one episode that night, just not two. All right. I, I think there was a bonus. I don't that. know how that works in the numbered sequential in episode fact, order. We, we, but. Might have, we might have done three that day. Yeah. I, I think I've been on every number. Josh is a gamer. Bad salad, bad tooth, coming drugged up. He, he's just a gamer. In yeah. The, week in and week out. Meanwhile, I got a headache. I'm not coming. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got to see Mickey. I'm not coming. Hey, priorities, baby. Yeah. I Four go, years. I got to go to Africa. I'm going to miss two months. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how yeah. we hey, Josh, Josh has held down the fort for all four years. Well, and built the fort. And... <laughs> but no, it's 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 been really cool. And I know we're going to get to like three up with uh, kind of talking about three up and read down some things that have been cool and not so cool over the past four years <laughs> we've had some highs and lows for sure but uh if you 
I didn't I didn't want to go and pull a bunch of stuff from the first episode, so I just took that one little clip to steal to start the show with. Yeah, we were hilarious from episode one, so props to us. Well, well, let's <laughs> usually it takes a couple one. people to get into like, a couple weeks to get into it. From right, right. episode one, we're hilarious. Well, what's great about episode one? You can go back and listen to it. It's still up on our website. Um, you can listen to it, and the show starts with Nat seriously not really understand what a podcast is. Never even he- I never heard a podcast before. Yeah, literally. Right when we're getting ready to start, he asks, "What what is it called? What is a podcast? What and what's our show name?" <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we end the show with, "Well, that was good. Maybe we'll do another one." <laughs> and yeah. we did one the very next week. And here we are, and the week two, after that, and after that, and after that, weeks that. later. Jeez. Yeah, uh, but this uh, might, we can do this if this makes you feel a little more comfortable. Oh, that's nostalgic. Yeah, old school. Actually, uh, I think the music has gotten worse over the years, not better. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one thing. That Muse song's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I see, I got to stop it real quick so it doesn't kick us off Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. now scanning for music. Interesting. And and I think it's been since, like, episode two or three that uh, Josh has become the button lover, and I was donned the zany one. Yeah. And you've been stuttering, what, since your childhood? Well, since that incident with the baseball took a bad bounce <laughs> in the old groin area without a cup on. Since then, yeah, I've been I've been the, the stuttering one. So, yeah, we had our, our roles cut out for us. It, it hasn't changed much since then. Yeah. This show would suck without a zany one. This show would not exist without a button lover. Yeah. So, th- there, there you go. It all worked out. Worked out well for us. Uh, people on uh, on Facebook, uh, Scott from Bird's Eye View is saying congratulations. Oh, thanks, Scott. Um, he, uh, that's like the, the OG. Yeah, yeah. They were doing Bird's Eye View. A little bit ahead of us. Yeah, they're the originals. I don't know what he's doing on our page. He should be doing his own show tonight. The red it light must Monday not night. be on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Monday turn turn that red light, Scott. I, I don't think Nitro comes on until 9 p.m. Right. Yeah, we're the more kid-friendly one. <laughs> uh, and then at night, it can, they can be, get a little TV-14. So that's Bird's Eye View. Uh, is this the Attitude Era yet? Are we allowed to get like, uh, you know, where... Uh, <laughs> Trying to think of, you know, throwing middle fingers up at each other. And awesome. <laughs> only, only in the second half of the show. Slamming beers. After <laughs> 8 o'clock. That's this is the first part of the show. Right. We're leaving all that up for a bird's eye view. Okay, okay. They, they, yeah. they can, right, they've got Steve Austin. When they, are the Nitro Girls coming? That's what we have. Nitro Girls oh, are like good. fully dressed, not, not the Nitro right. Girls. Right. <laughs> and they, like not, got... not any suggestive dance either. They're like waltzing right. out there. <laughs> yeah. Keep it clean, kids. <laughs> Keep it clean, please. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, Jacob's saying a lot has changed in four years, and I don't think a lot's really changed. The studio time. studio setup has changed significantly yeah, about three studio. times. Yeah, yeah we we've have, been through we've a couple renditions. Few. Yeah, I uh, have trouble with that. I like to tinker. The Orioles have been consistently good for three, four years. That's true. You, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, S- since, since we started, we started doing it. this, yeah. yeah, they've been the best team, best record in American League. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, so so, but what we're just mo- mo- moving on and upwards. We got a couple announcements to make here on the show, right? You ready to make one? Yeah, you, I s- make the first, you made the timpani the, noise. The first change for the after four years. We will now be part of Pressbox. Pressbox online. Pressbox online. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, Pressbox, Glenn Clark Radio, Stan the Fan. Stan the Fan was just on here last week. Yeah, what a coincidence! <laughs> yeah, if you know. Wait a minute. Past, past few weeks, we've had some uh, press box relations. Yep, and and uh, some screws going because on because Dan had the longest interview response to a single question. It's like, <laughs> we, I kind of feel bad for you guys. How about you join our show, uh, just to to make up for that that answer? 
Uh, but no, we're, we're joining press box, which we're, we're excited to. We're excited. We don't. We like Stan. We like Glenn. Right. It's weird. We don't have like any announcement that here's what's going to change or anything. That's yeah, just, nothing's really changing. We're just doing our show. Yeah. You're just we, along for the ride with us. No, like in a few weeks, we'll probably tell people to go to the press box Facebook page instead of ours, and uh, we're press box is building a whole like podcasting area kind of around our show and a couple others there's a, a show kind of like ours being put together for dc yeah because we said we want nothing to do with dc <laughs> we don't want to talk redskins we don't want to talk now i'm not even i'm not even comfortable with being on the same network as, right. a, as i'm a, not even comfortable saying the word redskins as long as we don't have to use the same studio i guess i'll be okay right. so we'll be showing off some new uh pages over at pressboxonline.com yeah. soon. and uh plus it's awesome that we get like stand the fans a legend yep can I start writing a blog? I've always wanted to write a blog. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> Absolutely. We've asked you for four years to write a blog. Oh, yeah. And you wrote one about uniforms. We're, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> we're, we're, we're too old to write, be writing blogs. It's a young man's game. I don't have time to write a blog. A I barely have time game. to come down here. Uh, but we were. I mean, we've been in affiliation with Utah Street Report for the past, uh, what, couple years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which, is, years. which has been a great relationship. And um, and huge shout out to, to Tony Lombardi, who's and, been... Nothing but fantastic. And Derek, and congrats and, to Derek. Yeah, congrats first, to Derek. First, first kid. Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. Brooks, yeah. Brooks. Brooks Robinson. Brooke, Brooks Arnold. Brooks Arnold, Brooks yeah. Arnold. Yeah, yeah. There you we, go. We, we a great name. There it is. That's a great name. That's a great name for a kid. So congratulations to Derek on on having a, a young person in the world. I know I'm getting to that point right. soon, too. Yeah, man. It's so, very exciting. But yeah, but, yeah, we always say as we <laughs> somehow in four years, this is now what we're joining our third <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep Just moving on, forward until until we're, onwards and upwards until we're legitimized. Right. Until people treat us right. like we, we should be treated, the respect we deserve. We'll, we'll keep on, but no, keep on moving on. No hard feelings. We never leave because of hard feelings. We just oh no no. There's no. always fun opportunities, and uh, yeah, we pursue opportunities. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, we like we're really excited about what Pressbox is doing, and uh, you know what? We do have one thing with Pressbox. We can make another announcement. Two announcements. Think we can get a shorter Tiffany roll? <laughs> hey, that, you know how long that is? Four seconds. Seven. Oh, seven. That's that's seven too seven. long. I was gonna say four was too long. Let's long see. Our show open. If we play that ninety times, I won't have to talk very much. <laughs> when do we get to one call away where we play a two and a half minute song? <laughs> that's, hey, that's coming. Um, At least we don't have commercials. All right, sorry. Um, come, announcement number two. Come March thirty first. March thirty first, we'll be filling in. For Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, yeah, so that means two hours two hours live on a Friday morning for you. So while you're at work, you can go on over to Pressbox Online or GlennClarkRadio.com yeah. and 10 to noon. And watch us totally crap the bed. See, see if we can handle two hours. We, Yikes. We really like that hour and 12 minute mark. Pressure's on. Let's see if we can get the two hours. Might have Stan back on. So we're. Stan back on for his, his office is hour right, and a half of that. We're broadcasting from Pressbox Studios. His office is right next door. So Are we going to be on video? Yeah, we'll be on video. Nice. It'll be on uh, Facebook. I'll that. take a shower that morning. So, so we, we're just now joining Pressbox and right away they're putting us to work. So big in for Glenn Clark on his show. Yeah, yeah, they're probably gonna fire us. Today after <laughs> that, but yeah. Is, is Glenn Clark just concerned at all? They're gonna fire him and just have us do the show every day. Yeah, who's these bozos you got substituting for you this week? Uh, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we do have to thank Glenn because Glenn's the guy who 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 pushed things there and got things rolling to uh, bring us on over. Yeah, Glenn's good people. He uh, subbed in for when me and Matt were gone. Yep, with uh, Josh, right? I think that happened. Did that happen? Yeah. There was yeah. a time it was just yeah. you and Glenn for yeah, the yeah, whole hour and a half. Done it together. Yeah. So, well, keep that to yourself. Exciting. 
Yeah. <laughs> TMI. As my wife asked before the show, do you have any needs? Yeah. Oh, yes. We have needs. Uh, What's also, next? Uh, while we're just spouting out announcements, you don't need, oh, you you don't need the freaking timpani. No, you don't need that. <laughs> Shut oh, it off. What do you want to say? Uh, the Birdland Radio. Birdland Radio. Yeah. With, should we even say that uh, another another podcast signed up? Oh, let, let's just tease it. What, um, what's the rundown? Could, can we name everybody that's going to be on it? Is it is it like set in stone? Yeah, yeah, we can name everyone. It was. Uh, I think on last week's show, name you, names. you teased uh, saying we'll give you the complete rundown for Birdland Radio, but then we never said it. See, I, I was pretty sure that I went through the went through it last. Uh, last you might have. I was. I, I slept through half the episode well, last we week. We got to it at the end. So yeah, Birdland Radio is uh, April second, Sunday, the day before opening day. Just or, like we did last year. Just like last year, we're gonna kick it off at ten a.m. At eleven a.m. is perched at the yard. Nice. Noon backdoor sports. Right. One p.m. the minor league podcast where Adam Pohl is going to break down what's going on down in the minor league. Adam Pohl is from Bowie. From the Bowie, Bowie Bay, Bay Sox. Sox. Very good. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Bowie. Close. I wish. Uh, okay. At two p.m. we have the OBP podcast. Yes. Cal and Cal Sal. Sal Joe. They'll be in here and uh, and keeping you busy for an hour. At three p.m. Orioles uncensored. Those guys are new to Birdland Radio. That's pretty fun to have that. But in. not new to Orioles podcasting. No, they're uh, on and off again. Is that who's that? Dylan. That is Dylan, Dylan and Dylan. John Wilkes Booth. Yep. Ooh. Then uh, Utah Street Report with uh, Derek Arnold. Nice. Mentioned. Will Brooks be coming in for and, uh, a special uh, guest host? Yeah. I don't know. If Brooks will, I don't know if Brooks <laughs> will make it. I, I don't know if that's always good to have a, like a two week old around a microphone. Okay, uh, but I believe our friend, they spit up a lot. I believe our friend Ken McCusick. I would not know. Will be joining him. Oh, oh Mr. Film well. Study, Nerd Talk. We're then going to give Backdoor Sports another hour because apparently they think they one hour is not enough. How do they get two hours? They requested it. Really? Oh, you asking? You shall That's receive. Bull crap, man. At, at Who six, else wants two hours? <laughs> at six p.m. No, everyone's going to be asking for two hours. At six p.m. is the Matt Soroka solo hour. Bring it on! Ooh. Actually, that's, that's not really a thing no, happening. That's an hour that's still waiting to be filled out. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, at 7 p.m., though, is the return of Oriole Spastics. What? I haven't seen them in at least two years. They, they, we're, we're doing this for four years, and it's been four years since they've done an episode. <laughs> so. Basically. But Spastics, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a. guys. Funny guys. Yeah. That's going to be a train wreck. Charlie Hoppes. Charlie Hoppes. Hoppes. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Hopes. Nightsy. Nights in me. Uh, I remember the guys, nights in. Those guys, those guys are funny guys, and yeah, yep. that just means they'll talk Orioles and somehow force Arrested Developments throughout the entire hour. Yeah. So I'm all right, all right. I like those guys. I'm excited that they'll be back. The yeah, Bluth Boys. And then at 8 p.m. we'll close out the night. Perfect. So it's gonna be a fun night. Can't wait. Always last is. Year was a, last year was great, and uh, definitely yep. tune in and set your put it on your calendars because we'll fill in all day. Yep. On Sunday, April 2nd. All right. That's enough announcement stuff, right? Uh, Yeah, we've got Night at the Yard coming up, too, but we don't need to announce that. Yeah, that's coming. It's coming. Uh, it's on our website. You can get tickets now. On Facebook. We'll announce it next week. Yeah. <laughs> Even though well, we just pretty much told you. <laughs> no, we'll give you the dates. And, yeah. Go well, online to find details. June 6th. June 6th. <laughs> Pits- Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. $50. <laughs> we'll talk about it next Buy week. Buy it now while the price is still $15. <laughs> we'll talk about it yeah, next week. Do. Price will go up in a month or so. Um. I want I want to set the stage for an, an interview we're about to have with uh, Rich Dubroff, who is a, a reporter for um, you guessed it, 
Press box online. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the uh, oil beat reporter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so I want to get into to him. I want to get in some talk. Hold on, guys. You got. Let me reach down to my bag here. What do you got in there? Is that the ball bag? Oh, what are these <laughs> did, notes? Did you print out? I, I, I got the I got the Brady Anderson article printed out with highlights. Oh, I, I thought you just put the Bible on the desk. Okay, right. this is quite a document we got here. If you're here. listening to the podcast now, pause the show. This is and head on over and go and Google Ken Rosenthal, Brady Anderson. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a Bible. Yeah, it's, it, read it. I initially like I didn't know the Brett's print out. Like I went to like print to see just how many pages. You know how many pages it said? How many? Twenty four. 34. Oh, I was close. Uh, so I then saw... I had to copy and paste in a Word document, delete all the pictures, because there's freaking a picture every other picture. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I got it down to eight. Increased the margin size, decreased the font size, got it down to eight pages. Well, I, I sent that article to you guys multiple times today, because I knew that as soon as you clicked, you'd say there's lots of words and not read it. Yeah, and I almost but didn't read it. But it's one that I needed you to read, because yeah. it is a very interesting article. Yeah. I read the first uh, 20 paragraphs, and then I, I moved on with my okay. day. Before I read the entire article, as you can see, and before we have written, you got on here, notes in the, on there. Yeah, I got notations. Annot- I can't help it; I'm an English teacher. I make annotations when I read. Um, before we get Rich on here, let's because he's going to know what the article is about. Right. He probably didn't read it because I don't think anyone's actually read the entire article besides me because it's so long. But I don't know. A, a long trip to the bathroom. You can it's take a, care of it. It's essentially saying it's. A, did you read the whole article on your phone, Josh? I read the whole article on my phone. Yikes! Yeah. I had a girl type a essay on her phone. I was like, that's weird. I've never seen that before. Like a two-page essay all over front. Uh, anyway, the um, essentially the article states that um, Brady Anderson is in a bit of an awkward position as being real friendly with the players and also friendly um, with management. And like he he goes directly to uh, Peter Angelos, yet he also has a locker a locker in the locker room. And he's kind of buddy buddy with the players. Right. Sure. And there's a he's, kind of a conflict with interest here. His title's under Duquette, but. Duquette has no power over him. Yeah, he'll do whatever Buck says. So there was a couple. He doesn't have to listen to Buck. There was a couple awkward exchanges here, right? Like one of the awkwardest exchanges was when like uh, Ken Rosenthal, who, who wrote the article, he came out and asked, "Who are you?" Re-? He asked Brady, Brady, Brady Anderson, "Who are you responsible to? Whom do you report to?" And Anderson's response was this. Anderson's response was, um, "Who Weird. does who does Buck report to?" And then, and then okay. Ken <laughs> responded to Dan, but also Peter, right? Dan Duquette, Peter Angelos. Um, and then he, he responded, Anderson responded, who does Dan report to? And he said, Peter. And then Anderson paused before con- continuing, then said he viewed his efforts as part of a collaboration. Um, and then eventually he says, of course, I report to Peter. Ultimately, he's the boss. So it sounds like no, he I doesn't, fit, he doesn't fit into this scheme of management at all. He's right. like an outsider who just reports to... He's like a Washington outsider. He is. Or, or he's like an insider, like inside man for, for Peter. Both, yeah. Like who? We, I, we don't even know. Right, like, uh, yeah. After years of saying, well, Peter finally backed off. Did Peter back off because he's got this inside guy? Yeah. I thought it was weird that he had a locker in the locker room with the players. He's like that guy who graduated high school but still comes back to the high school like every yeah, day right. to like hang like, out with his buddies well, from yeah. the junior class. It's, 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 yeah, it's the English teacher who thinks he's cool hanging out with the high school kids. Yeah. And, and, and to his face, they all pretend to like him. But behind his back, they're all like, what is this loser doing? <laughs> yeah. Someone coming back here. It's, it's just weird. It it's weird. weird and, so, and so, like, Jake Arrieta described his responsibilities, and I thought this is how – I mean, this is – it sounds like this is what Brady does. Uh, he says – this is Arietta des- describing Brady Anderson's role in the team. For BP, he'd be throwing a guy in the cage. He'd be in the outfield with the outfielder, sh- shagging 
at 100%. He'd have meetings with Buck, with Duquette. He was getting more involved on the front office side. It was cool to see that. He felt like one of us, but he was also kind of on the business side. So that's a pretty good situation yeah. of kind of doesn't really have a place, but kind of goes everywhere. It probably helps that he looks like one of them, too. Yeah. Like, he still looks like he could go out there and play right now. He's not right. like one of those old guys who wear, like, the baggy uniform. Yeah. and I mean, he's know, like 50, but he looks like he's 30. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's got a body. He looks better than me. And there was some ties to the firing or letting go of Dom Chidi. Right. Um, oh, and, Dom. Dom did Wallace, because they, they didn't always get along. And they both admitted that he was a contributing factor to why they left. So, and we're going to get Rich on the line. And we're going to ask, like, is this even a story or, like, are we making too much of this? And hopefully we'll get to the bottom of some of this, of some of these ideas. I'll share you. I'll share my opinions later, but I want to hear a uh, kind of rich take on some of this stuff. I'm only one call away. I'll be there to save the day. Superman got nothing on me. I'm only one. Call away. Hello? All right. Who was that? I don't know. Was that a voicemail? Was it leave a message? It sounded like a kid. It sounded like a kid. Let me make sure I type this number right. You used to call me on my cell phone. Day night when you need my love. Call me on my Section 336 is excited to be joined by Press Box Orioles beat reporter Rich Dubroff. Rich, thanks for, jo- for, jo- for joining us here on Section 336. You're welcome. It's, it's PressBoxOnline.com. Oh, I'm sorry. You're getting I'm, it wrong yeah. already, Press man. Press Box Online. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I want to I start with this. I know the, the article just came out about Brady Anderson, and I want to talk about that with you um, since you're down there in Sarasota and you interact with these with these guys all the time. But before I get there, this whole dynamic with mainstream, with the um, national with media, national media cu- coming in and reporting about the Orioles. How, how do you guys, as local reporters, how do you get along, and what's the di- dynamic between you and the national guys? They come in and do their stories and leave, <laughs> just like that. The, so, so yeah. you, you right? I mean, I know, I, I know who all of them are. Yeah, I mean, I've known Ken Rosenthal for for years and years but uh, you know oftentimes you know people come in and uh, and do store and do stories and you wonder what they're doing and about and in this case i actually knew what he was doing and about yeah. but uh it, they, they do they do their jobs and we do our jobs it's is, is there an element of of i mean i, I just can I, I can imagine right that someone rolls in there with their whether it's a buster only or someone else with their espn credentials and all of a sudden uh, maybe the Orioles are a little more anxious to tell them things and break news with them than they are with um, a, 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 beat, a local beat reporter they see every day. Is that dynamic exists at all where they're kind of even more, maybe more excited to talk to an ESPN guy th- than a local guy? Well, like who? When well, you say the Orioles. Uh, well, I mean who like... Be, I, who would be... Yeah. I, I think of a couple years ago when Manny Machado broke some news about getting surgery on his knee to ESPN before he broke it to, to local guys and Buck made like a snarky yeah. comment about if you have any other questions, ask ESPN about it. Cause apparently they got the story first, like stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that, that happens in all sports. You know, 
I mean, it happens a lot in the you know it happens a lot in the NFL. You know, uh, I mean, where I think the uh, the the national media is even uh, is much more uh, powerful than the than in baseball. I mean, I think in baseball the local media still has a lot of power. Absolutely. Uh, as opposed to you know, as opposed to the other sports. You know, I think in in you know in in the NBA and the NFL the national media is much more powerful than the local media. And I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, a lot uh, more equitable yeah. in, uh, you know, in baseball. So, so Ken wrote this, Ken Rosenthal wrote this piece about Brady Anderson, wrote this piece. It came out, I think like seven thirty this morning. What has been the reaction? Um, is this a non-story up uh, down there in Sarasota or has there been any reaction to the story? What, what, what has been the reaction to, to, to his story? my reaction or their reaction well the, the reaction has there been any reaction with the orioles with this story like has anyone asked the orioles about this story has there been or is this not even no, worth it, mentioning? It, it's well I, I didn't i i had to drive to fort myers to do the game right and it was a really long story it was. i read half <laughs> yes. of it before before i left and the other half over dinner in fort myers because I knew people were going to be asking me about it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's an interesting, well, it was interesting. Uh, a lot of stuff I knew, some stuff I didn't know. But it was weird. I mean, I don't know. In a lot of ways, I don't know how to react to it. I mean, if you have specific, you know, if you have specific questions about it, yeah. Well, you know, I, about I, stuff in it, I I'm think... happy to answer it. But just to say, oh, what'd you think of it? Well, I mean, I, 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 mean, I guess I what I'm asking is, my shoulders. yeah, I, I guess what I'm asking with. All right, so in the article itself, there, there's some some things mentioned like how both Dom Chidi and Dave Wallace, part of the reason they left was because of Brady Anderson. At least it, it also implies says, that. It also well, okay, let's okay, good. Let's go there. Okay, fine. Yeah, there. we we can start there. Okay, Dave Wallace told Buck Showalter before the start of last season he was going to leave. It was going to be his last season. Uh, the only reason that he agreed to work in 2016 was the Orioles agreed to give him several days a month off to deal with a family matter. If you remember, he was away from the team for several days each month. Right, right. yes. Uh, so he didn't leave because Brady Anderson and he apparently didn't get along, according to this article. Uh, Dominic Chidi was not offered the pitching coach job to replace him. The Orioles didn't want him as pitching coach, and uh, they felt that having him as bullpen coach under a new pitching coach might result in divided loyalties. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the, the Brady Anderson story about maybe and the Mike Wright interfering with Mike Wright's development, that's that played... I, I, well, that was stuff I did That was actually stuff I didn't know. Okay. Um... That you know, that was stuff I didn't know. Uh, okay, did that I mean, surprise I, you? No, Mike Wright is a pitcher. Mike Wright, as you know, is a pitcher who's got a whole lot of potential. Yeah, and uh, has been very disappoint, very disappointing. And you know, I thought Dave Wallace was a terrific pitching coach. I thought he was just a wonderful pitching coach. Interestingly, I found it interesting how he opened up to Ken Rosenthal because we in the local media almost never talked to him. He was hmm. not someone 
who was accessible to the local media. When, on the rare occasions we spoke to him, he was extremely, uh, you know, ex- showed extreme knowledge, was, uh, was very, very good at explaining, you know, at explaining things, but he rarely talked to, he rarely talked to us. So, uh, you know, that part I found mystifying. Other than that, 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 other than that, like to me, somebody who's around the team every single day, that was the only stuff that was, you know, anything new to me. I, I think part of what made this article just blow up around Baltimore and everyone uh, so fascinated with it is in Baltimore, we still really, don't quite. I'm just asking you. I mean, I'm, I'm not there. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm down in Florida. Uh, is everybody fascinated with it? <laughs> I, I, I think so. I mean, it's probably because there's also like a lack of stuff to talk about, right? We, yeah, because we're timing. itching for baseball, so the timing's I mean, perfect. I don't know. I mean, I, I think you know, life goes on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you know, I've seen a lot of stories about the Orioles and where people were supposedly fascinated about them, and then next day you talked about, well, they lost six to two today, or they won seven to four. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder. I, I, think that, I wonder if part of it is I that, that as fans, we haven't figured out how to handle Peter Angelos now in this winning season. So now there's something going on weird. Uh, a lot of people over t- years have said Ken Rosenthal has a bone to pick with the with the Orioles and never writes positive articles. And here we're we're still trying. So? Peter, but uh, Peter Angelos has kind of been missing from the picture for many many years, uh, and putting his son out there more. And I think as Oriole fans, we've been trying to figure out that relationship, and this kind of gave a little window to Peter's relationship with the Orioles. Okay. I mean, from your perspective, Rich, isn't it isn't it kind of weird that Brady Anderson reports directly to Peter Angelos, and there's not like? Well, I knew that all along. Okay. But I knew that all. Along. I mean, I you know, you're asking me what's new. I mean, I've known of this, uh, and I don't you know. Uh, I mean, I've written about, you know, I've written about Brady working with uh, players over the years. I mean, I, overall, I think Brady Anderson has been a, a big positive to the team. And I think both Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette said it in that article. Um, but I mean, I know, guess I, I, I've seen him. Go ahead. Mm. No, it's your show. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I'm not saying, are you surprised by it? But from the outside perspective, this could be a, uh, this could be an avenue of conflict, right? That you have Brady Anderson, who doesn't seem to, who seems to be able to do whatever he wants, with the ownership's kind of nod of approval. Like the Orioles have been winning, and so I don't think it's really been a big issue. If they were losing, I think this would be a big wow. Story. That's the point. Well, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. If the Orioles, if the Orioles had gone, had continued to have, you know, had run their streak of losing seasons to nineteen straight instead of having five, you know, non-losing seasons after 14, then, um, then I think, well, that would be, you know, you, you look to point fingers and say, well, where, you know, where was this? I mean, it's certainly an unusual position. Right. I mean, I've noticed it, but you know, I've noticed this spring Brady has been around less than I have seen him. You know, uh, I've seen less of Brady Anderson this spring than in other springs. Yeah. And for, from your, in your opinion, when, when talked to, to the players, are most of the players okay with this? And, and for, for most people, like the fact that Brady Anderson has a locker 
in the locker room. Are most players okay with that? And it's fine. Which he almost never, which he almost never uses. Okay, so that's a little blown out of proportion. Well, and it's also it's interesting. The position of the locker is that is it's um, the closest one to Buck Showalter's office, and uh, you know, I mean, it's there, and you know, I've no, it's been there, you know, it's been there for you know several years. And yeah, it's unusual because this is an unusual guy. I mean, it, I think it's pointed out in that story. This is someone who's, you know, in his early fifties, who is a physical marvel. He's in great shape. That's true. You know, he looks way, way younger and he's able to do things, uh, physically that people his age aren't able to do. And he works with players. Uh, and I think because he, you know, gets down in there, uh, he's able to, you know, do things and show players things that other coaches of the same age wouldn't be able to do. You know, I look at him, you know, I, I look at him and he looks like, well, gee, he could, you know, of course he can't play now. You know, he hasn't been able to play for 15 years, mm -hmm. but he looks like he could. And that's, you know, part of what gives him credibility with players. Yeah. So, so you haven't seen any, uh, certainly not conflict with players, but what about any conflict like we, uh, we mentioned and, and, and you kind of denied that there was direct connection with the, the, the cheating Wallace, but with other coaches, because he chooses well, I didn't his know. players. I, it's, not, it's not like Dave Wallace was talking to us. Right. You know, it's not like right. Dave Wallace was talking to us about, about this. You know, Dave Wallace, did, uh, Dave Wallace did a terrific job. I thought Dave Wallace, you know, was a terrific pitching coach. He got... You know, he got one great season. Uh, he got a, every place he's gone. He's gotten a great season out of, you know, one pitcher who's never had a season like that before or after. He got a great season out of Bud Norris, hmm. who had never been, you know, the that pitcher before. Or after. But And you look at it again and again with, you know, in L.A. with Ismael Valdez and in uh, – you know, and with the New York Mets with Bobby Jones and Glendon Rush, guys that you never heard of yeah. who who just did, you know, just had great season. And he, you know, he really did a great job. But, you know, not his methods don't work with every, you know, don't necessarily work with every pitcher. Right. Yeah. And that's where this whole and I wonder how much of this is is the Jake Jake Arietta effect. Right. Because obviously his methods didn't work. Well, with you Jake know, I would have loved I would have. I would have loved to have seen how Jake Arrieta did with with Dave Wallace. I bet pretty darn well. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think uh, going back to Brady Anderson? Do you think he is being kind of groomed to be the next general manager for the Orioles? Not necessarily. I don't know that. You know, I don't. I think he does best in this kind of role. Hmm. You know, um, and it's and it's unconventional. Um, you know, I don't know if he wants to be the next general, you know, the next general manager. Uh, but he, you know, he, he certainly has learned a lot about how the business operates. I mean, does he want to go and, and look at a budget? Does I mean, because a lot of people think that being a general manager is, is just player personnel and it, it, it's a large part of it, but there are other things to it. I mean, does he want to look at a budget? Does he want to negotiate with agents? Um, so I don't know that, you know, he wants to, I don't know that he wants to do it. And when you say somebody is groomed for it, well, you know, those kinds of things, 
rarely turn out. You know, Mike Hopkins was supposedly groomed to be Jim Beheim's successor at uh, Syracuse. And, right. uh, you know, he left today to, to go join University of Washington. Yeah. Yeah, that all that whole transition thing can be awkward because you, you because it's first of all it's not the coaches or it's not the general manager's job to groom his replacement, right? So that that's someone else's job. Right, it's, it's a, you're great. a good a good a good manager. He sees, you know, yeah, he can talk to a coach about being a manager. But then the coach has to observe you know, and if somebody, you know, one of the coaches, one of Buck Showalter's coaches, if they went out and wanted to be a major league manager, well, they couldn't copy him. Right. I mean, he's a very unusual person. He's a unique individual. You have to, you know, you have to do what works. I mean, if you're doing a podcast, you do what works for you guys, right. not, not what you heard somebody else do. Right. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And well, Rich, we appreciate you you coming on here, Section 336. We appreciate you shedding some light onto this. Uh, and you were definitely um, helped me to understand this this article better. Uh, so, Rich, thanks for spending some time with us. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my once again we want to thank rich dubroff from press box online for joining us yeah you, you had to start the interview off with screwing up the website yeah i know <laughs> and then i i started off with that then i started off why does the media get all the good stories and you don't i really just we got off on the wrong foot yeah, with that interview. yeah. Can, can, can i change my three up and three down <laughs> yeah, yeah I got off I thank, thank you rich and it's also it's an awkward story and i mean i think that's why I think people are talking about it. That's why it got our attention because it's it's different. It's way better than talking about the the outfield depth chart. Yeah. Or the uh, it it also it reminds me of ESPN because of how we've talked about how ESPN is um, changing the way they they do stories and trying to do more of this like TMZ type thing uh, because normal reporting doesn't work anymore uh, for them. So it reminds me of something that where it's just a, it's a different story. Yeah, I, listen, I, I I know Rich kind of poo-pooed a little bit, and fine, like poo-poo all you want. I I mean I don't care, and maybe he's right on this. It just seems to me, all right. So we have a player who allegedly is involved in in two in two managers leaving. We have him involved with uh, Brady being involved with contract negotiations, also having a locker in the locker room, and he's buddy he's buddy buddy with the players, obviously. He also appears to be able to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, right? And reports to no one except Angelos. But it's a non-story. Fine. Right. Is it? Is it because we Fine. look at this as not from a baseball guy, but as just a normal job? And I think about how would my job be if, like, uh, the boss's son came in and started kind of being – Oh, after below you, me, after you, you know, after you train the people who work for you, right, right, then and now go back and say, "Well, here's a right, better way the, to do it." Exactly. Well, the, it's, the the boss is much better looking, ripped, <laughs> looks great in a pair of boxer briefs. Yeah, yeah. 
don't hey, know. Hey, if we can transition because yeah, please, please uh, transition. You know, Ken Rosenthal just came out with this article, which, like you said, was thirty pages long. I yeah, want to know forever. how he had time to write that article when just the other night he's down on the field in San Diego interviewing Adam Jones after that amazing catch oh, in the World Baseball Classic. Thank you. Let's. How's that for transition? Get well out to right center field. Jones still on the move, running out of room, and he makes the catch. The local guy saves the day. That was awesome. Tyler Clipper just says, oh, my God. Thank you. The 2-1 pitch. High fly ball. Center field deep. Drifting back. Jones on the track. He caught it. He caught it! What a catch! Saluted as Manny Machado. You won't see a better catch. Fly, profundo al central. Sonido del bate. Va profundo al centro. Allá va Adam Jones. Brinca. Salta. Robert Hombrón. Robert Hombrón. Una atrapada. Del otro lado. Saltando en la barba de centerfield. Y se merece un ra, ra, ra. <laughs> oh, I cannot roll my R's like that. I can't either. I can't but either. But it's awesome. Yeah, I love the Spanish call. Love the Spanish What's, call. What the entire WBC? It's been Oriole players. We talked about last week. Yeah, Adam Jones, Manny Machado. They're the stars of but this how, thing. But how cool yeah. was that play? Uh, uh, Manny Machado is up, up at the plate. It was eighth inning, late in the game. Yeah, yeah. crushes the ball to deep center. Adam Jones makes an awesome play and robs him of a home run. They do the whole tip cap thing. Yeah, right. Just what? 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 He he. And as Buck Showalter po- po- pointed out, he. Um, a Adam Yankee Jones, fan tried to interfere. Yeah, Adam Jones took it out of the glove of a Yankees fan. Perfect. <laughs> but but then were you like me that like that was awesome and like your tenth time watching the video, you said, "Wait a second! In two years, this could happen again." <laughs> that never crossed my mind. But you're right. It, it's scary it, it's to a think scary moment that Adam Jones could be playing for another team. That's scary and, and catching Manny Machado's home runs. That's yeah, scary. yeah, it was something. But like I don't that. like to think about Adam Jones playing another team, so that never even crossed my mind. <laughs> and you Are got, you being facetious? Right, and there you go. You guys saying Adam Jones can't play center field anymore? Yeah, yeah. Do no, you, I, I'm. You know what? I'm sounds t- like something we said. You know I, I think of? he can't play center field in Oriole Park. You, you know what I'm tired of? You know he was playing deep. You know saw where he was playing. He's he playing was playing deep. deep. Well, because Manny, Manny was out, so he played deep for yeah. Manny. Jose Bautista, he was playing just behind second base. Yep. And then when Manny Machado came up, he went all the way back. Right, all the way back to like five feet from the fence. Yes, because Manny Machado's strong. Um, you know what ticks me off? I was listening to some. I've been listening to some Oriole uh, recap. There's a a podcast called Effectively Wild. Okay. Yes, uh, you guys familiar with this? Yeah. They recently did an Orioles preview. They had the guy from one of the guys from uh, a barbecue Twitter account. Um, Cespedes family yes. barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they got a guy doing a barbecue show talking about the Orioles. Whatever. Is that I, really Jonas Cespedes' Twitter account? No, it's two no. Oriole fans. It's, oh, is yeah. It? It's yeah. an Oriole fan. Why is it called Cespedes Family Barbecue? I have no idea. Who knows? I have no idea. They, Why are we called Section 336 when I, we sit in Section 334? I have no idea. We don't tell people <laughs> that anymore. I have no idea. But anyway. Top secret. It's not just them. I don't want to pick on them. But but I'm hearing all these previews, and they all focus on, hey, 2019, Oriole's going to suck, right, guys? <laughs> Right, like, like they're all about how bad we're going to suck in 2019. Right, let's look at they're 2017. Right. Which, oh, they're absolutely right. Yes, we will suck in 2019. But in 2017, we're going to be a pretty darn good team. So let's talk more about 2017. Yeah. What are we laughing at over there? I just read your show notes where it says, does Ken Rosenthal thank everyone who retweets his article? Oh, I didn't say that. Someone no. wrote that into the show notes and made me laugh. Uh, you, Bert. I, I didn't write that. 
Who wrote down the show notes? <laughs> One of you guys. Really, only three have access to show notes. I didn't write it. Bert didn't write it. Just Wait, what are you saying? I wrote. Does Ken Rosenthal thank everyone who? Oh yeah, this I wrote article? that. He does. That's that's. Why are we bringing it back to that article? But again, every single Oriole Twitter that I follow retweeted that article. Said, "Hey Orioles fans, what do you think? Good read. Blah blah blah." And Ken Rosenthal thanked every single one of those people. I know. I went to. I'm his... gonna retweet it and say this is complete crap, and see if he thanks me. <laughs> I went to Twitter to Ken Rosenthal's Twitter to scroll down to see if he had any like follow up conversations about it. You're right. The entire thing was just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank, yeah, you yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. I couldn't even see what else he was tweeting. And I I know at least half the people he thanked because I follow them. Mm. Yeah. So I thought it was funny we spent all that time talking about the article. If you haven't read it yet, you should read it. Anybody who listens to Section 336, I'm pretty sure has probably read the article by now. Well, it depends. According to Rich, it's not that fascinating of an article. Or at least they started long. reading and be like, this is way too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I didn't do this show, I would stop reading after the third yeah. paragraph. But uh, – but yeah, World Baseball Classic. We still think that it's it's cool. I, Glenn Clark today on his show called it neat. It's fun to watch, but it doesn't mean anything. He called it neat. Neat. That's a quote. Yeah, and I thought it doesn't I, mean anything. Tell it to the I thought, players. I thought the, the, neat the players was are acting like they're but, the but, freaking World Series. But he made a good point. If it means something, then they wouldn't have restrictions of you can your pitcher can only pitch three innings, and when it goes to extra innings, we throw a guy on first and second. Okay. Well, there's there's all these safety rules to not ruin real baseball that matters. Okay, just, I heard, just look at uh, the fans and look at the players' reactions and then tell me it doesn't matter. Yeah, I've seen players that normally just jog out a routine ground ball gunning it trying to beat out the throw to first base. Yep. Are you saying something about Adam Jones? I'm saying something about all the guys. I haven't seen that kind of effort in March since that one guy in the stands leaped over two tables in Sarasota to get the... Yeah, uh, right, break his finger. To, 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 to catch the... Uh, the batting practice, batting practice ball, home yeah. run ball, and broke his finger in the process. That's the kind of effort we're seeing in the World Baseball. Do classic. you think the guys care more because they're supporting their home country as opposed to care more about supporting the Orioles or whatever team they're playing for, whatever team they collect a paycheck from? Because none of them are really from Baltimore. They or, don't care. They don't care about the fans being happy or not. They just care about collecting their paycheck as opposed to, I got the whole country of Dominican Republic supporting me. I need to uh, represent my hometown. I think they like it because the stadiums are full. It's the first time there's been a sellout in Miami since that stadium opened. Yeah. And when you're playing with guys... You your- know what else the stadium will be full? If you go to the World Series. And yeah. How about that? With, we're playing the guys from the same uh, descent, whether it's parents or grandparents, or in the, t- or in the, the case of Team Israel a distant second cousin, when you're playing with guys <laughs> who are the same background, it's there's like a friendship, a kinship there. Sure. And so I think they like playing with one another. They were both on the same uh, uh, tube yeah. floating from uh, Cuba to uh, well, yeah, fine. Miami. Yeah. At least their the the mothers were. But yeah, they've the got the were. same heritage, the same background. Yeah. It's not like they have the to play way. with... It's not like they have to play with Dumb and Young and Luke Scott, right? They yeah, that's true. The people they right. like. That's true. Though, what, 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 what do you think is a bigger Scott. deal for Adam Jones um, to win the World Baseball Classic or to win the World Series? Oh, it'll be if he it'll if the Orioles win the World Series, that's the bigger deal than the WBC. I mean, I know I he made those so. comments. I would hope so. But what comments did he make? That well, Adam Jones. Yeah. After that catch, he told whoever the reporter there was, "This must be what it feels like to to be in the World Series." Oh, because the atmosphere. Yeah, sure. the atmosphere. Yeah. Which, sure. sorry, I watched that game. I still don't think that atmosphere was the same as that Delman Young ball, double in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, but what did Adam Jones have to do with that? Nothing. What does Adam Jones do in the playoffs? 
Oh, Burn notice. He better not be listening, Burn. Uh, come on, we just yeah, called him out will, like two weeks might, ago. He might tweet something at me. All right, all right. Future Orioles Hall of Famer, Adam <laughs> Jones. So any update on, we've been talking a lot about the outfield and the roster construction. I saw Chris Lee had a decent start. Lobster construction. Okay, wait, are we talking about the outfield or are you talking about the pitching rotation? Either one. Which one do you want to go with? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's what we are. Right. That's what I was asking. Is there any update on those? Yeah. Here's some updates. All right. Um, you know what? 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 He sucks. All right. He's done. <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> and right, without yeah. Nuno, he sucks too. Both of them gone. Gone. Tyler Wilson. Tyler Wilson. He sucks, but he's still on the board because right. Orioles. Mike Wright. St- sucks as well. But still on the board because Orioles. No, no, no. Brady still Anderson. on the board because of Brady Anderson. Brady Anderson does some magic with them. Yeah. Aquino. Aquino's still my man, and Lee's pitching well. I like. I did Lee on uh, Wednesday night. The Orioles play on Masson, and Chris Lee is starting that, so I'm excited to watch that. Oh yeah, check that out, boys and girls, because that could be a. Uh, he could be potentially he could, be. He could be that fifth starter. Yeah, I I still think, like I still think they're gonna go with Wright because they know him, but I I mean Aquino's my guy. Just for the record. Well, because then you've got that whole, like, not starting Lee's whatever tenure until later. Yeah. That the Orioles like to do. So, I think if Mike Wright, if they find Mike Wright to be serviceable, I think they go with Mike Wright. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it'd be be interesting to see. There's still a a lot of baseball to be played, though. These guys haven't, I mean, the guy, the Ubaldo Jimenez has the most innings pitched at 12. Um, I mean, we saw Gossman dominate his last start, but I was watching that game. What was that on Sunday? It was on. It was on Masson. Um, I think it was on Sunday when Kevin Gossman pitched on Masson. It was over right. the weekend, and he dominated. But if you looked at the lineup on the other side, there was no one there. There was no one in that other line. There was Detroit, I think, and there was no one in that lineup. So yeah, he looked awesome against a bunch of C squad guys. But um, in the outfield, uh, I mean, Rickard continues to impress. He's uh, got the best batting average yeah. in spring training. R- Rickard has once again forced his way onto the roster, right? Leading in home runs. Like I know he's got those options, but you can't. You need him that first week of baseball, right? He's your guy. Yeah. I know. Uh, I. I mean, I think we're looking at. I think we're looking at him and Kim. Hopefully, uh, platooning and also platooning that that leadoff roster spot or leadoff lineup spot. Uh, we're not talking about the the best outfielder on the team who just come out slaying it Hitting Pedro dogs. Pedro Alvarez yeah. El Toro killing it yeah ever and, since they told him to try and be an outfielder of course he's, he has to get some balls hit to him occasionally yeah and even Trey, Trey Mancini's been hitting the ball well yep and he's been getting some starts out in right field um, Craig Gentry's playing really well yeah so I'm, I'm really pleased with the quality depth in that outfield yeah when we go to those road parks that have like Four or five outfield positions will be good. Yeah, it's still a problem though, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, like, that there's three slots. Alvarez and Mancini, right? Like, I don't know how I how I feel about this. Right, because those are guys right. you want them in the lineup. You want like four DH spots, but you don't want them playing every game. You don't want them in the outfield ever. Yeah, yeah, and especially, I mean, Mancini especially, I feel like because how we struggle against lefties last year, and he's a righty who can hit lefties. Right, yeah. which really means you want him on your bench. To just play against lefties, you just want him on your bench. I mean, he can can he hit righties and lefties? Yeah, I think you. I don't think you put him in the outfield. I think he's on your bench. He's a That's he's a, your a pinch hitter, a pinch hitter, late inning guy. But the problem we always have with pinch hitting, like who you pinch hitting for? You're pinch hitting for uh, Kim. 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 If a lefty comes in, yeah, 
Your pinch hit in for Kim. Seth Smith if a lefty comes in. Right. So you have um as a pinch hitter against lefty relievers. Why That's, do we have to have yeah, all these guys who only specialize against certain armed pitchers? Like, aren't they? They're all baseball players. They they should be able to hit both, right? Yeah. Or even the superstars can't hit both. Well, you got guys like Mark, like Mark Trumbo who can't hit lefties. Yeah. But will crush righties, and he's a right-handed yeah. hitter. I, yeah, I think sometimes we make too much of this whole lefty righty right thing. Like, just give me a good pitcher and get them both out. Right. Right. But I mean, it, the question is, when do you pinch hit anyone? And at some point, you want a guy like like Mancini on your bench. For that, I don't know, uh, seventh inning where someone's – you've got – even if it's Chris Davis who's up, I guess, and he always struggles against this pitcher, you want a, you want a fresh bat that has some power on that on that bench. Yeah, show me the day when they pinch hit Trey Mancini for Chris Davis. You mean the other way around? But, yeah. No, like if Chris Davis is coming up to bat against a pitcher he struggles against, or right. with men on base, a lefty, yeah, right? and He's it's going to, and uh, it's yeah. like seventh, eighth inning, yeah. ninth inning, yeah. right? When so, are they? I, I think it's bottom of the ninth. He's still not going to pinch hit Trey Mancini. I don't think he's going to pinch Chris hit, Davis. I don't think he's going to pinch up for JJ Hardy. Yeah, right, right. Forget about Chris Davis. He's not going to pinch up for JJ Hardy. The and only that, option to pinch hit is Seth Smith and Kensu Kim with a lefty and reliever, and that's the problem with having a manager who likes his guys. Well, then he, Trey Mancini he, needs he to go sees, to the minors and get time playing because otherwise he's going to sit on the bench right, cause, at I mean, Camden Yards. But that, I think that is one negative of Buck is he always sees the best from his players. So he always expects his player to get the big hit. I I still struggle with, and I don't buy all the sabermetrics, about how much the value of defense and what impact, like that balance of great offense versus bad defense, right? Mm-hmm. what the right. trade-off is there. I think it's a very like complex thing to figure out how much value you really lose by having an average outfielder as opposed to above average outfield when you can make it up on the offensive Right, back. because well, because it also, you're also, you need the balls to fall in the right spot. Right. So in order for Mancini to hurt you in right field, they need to hit the ball into like the corners. Right, which might happen once a game. If, right, or right. It might not, or it might happen zero times right. a game. And it doesn't it could, hurt you at all. Right, and it could happen... With the guy on second, and then that guy's going to score. Yeah. Or it could happen with no one on the bases, and the guy gets a second and never advances. Yep. So it's, but then you put him at the plate, and he could hit a home run or a double, and and get you a run, and literally win the game for you. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's, and I think that's what we did last year. Is we said we balanced it with Trumbo and said, Trumbo is not going to hurt us. The balance of his defense versus his bat, we decided it was a positive to have him out there. In order right. to keep that bat in the lineup, right? And I guess you're also balancing the the DH slot because Trumbo. Why wouldn't you also say, you know what? We played really well with Trumbo in right field last year. Let's put Trumbo in right field again and put Mancini in the DH slot. And platoon Mancini and Pedro Alvarez. I mean, that's what we did a lot last year, right? But not with Mancini, but with Pedro Alvarez, right? And platoon those guys. Rickard and Kim can have left field together. I mean, if you're gonna say screw it, we can get away with bad right field then why not just put Trumbull out there, right? Right. Well, that's what As I mean. As opposed to Mancini or Alvarez. Right, right. right. Why not put why? Mancini and you Alvarez You four bad outfielders. Just get the one bad outfielder. Right. I don't know. Does Mancini have any speed? He's a younger guy, but probably not a Probably lot. more than Pedro Alvarez. But, like, yeah. So you put Pedro and and, and Mancini on your bench. They're, they can pinch hit. Mancini can pinch run if needed. Uh, coming in emergencies. And then you put Trumbo in right field. But why are we running with this fact that Trumbos are DH? 
Like, is it has Trumbo been assured? Don't worry, you'll never have to play the outfield again. Well, I mean, against as, as, against righties, he's not right because you got Seth Smith and right and Hyunsu Kim. But we face a lot of lefties, right? And, and that's have, a problem. You have Joey Rickard and possibly um, Craig Gentry, right? So, so uh, all right. So when we get, have a, a left hander up there, we're going to put Rickard and Gentry as our outfielders, possibly, and then Trumbo. I'm DH. sure Jones would love that. I mean, that's a really good outfield. Yeah, but again, it depends how much I think Rickard and Gentry can produce. Right, right, and well. we'll and they've both shown good springs, but then that leaves no slots for Alvarez and Mancini. It doesn't. It it, it doesn't. Unless you're gonna right, because you're not you're not platooning Trumbo. Trumbo's your everyday DH. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, that's what happens when you just spend all your focus collecting bats. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how we make all these these machines work. How we make all these moves work. Um, Man, right. Mancini's the guy I feel for because he's a young guy who just wants an opportunity. Right. And when he's been given the opportunity, he, the opportunity, he shines. He, he kills it. Yeah, every time he gets the opportunity. But then it's, I still don't see how you fit him on this team. Yeah. This spring, he's batting 304 on base at 360, has a couple dongs, eight RBIs. I think he leads the team in RBIs, actually. Who's that? Rickard? Trey Mancini. Mancini. Oh, Mancini. Rickard right. leads the team in home runs, oddly enough. But, <laughs> batting average. And he's getting a ton of at-bats. He's, he's almost a team leader in at-bats. Mancini? Yeah. Are they are they showcasing Mancini? You know, for trade? Because where do you put him? I don't know. I don't know how you can fit Mancini on this team unless Mancini's a right fielder. And I don't think Mancini's your right fielder. I know. I know. It would you, you know it would be perfect if uh we got rid of Trumbo and then we could do a split with Mancini and Alvarez. And I don't think the production would be that far down from a just a Trumbo. And, right. And then it gives the question of why did we give Trumbo a bunch of money? Well, we didn't give him a bunch of money. I think that's one of the things. It was team friendly. Yeah, it was. But I mean, then why? Why did you sign him? Because he had forty-seven home runs last year, and he was cheap. Yeah, Pedro Alvarez hit so. twenty-two home runs in almost half as many at bats. If we're talking about trading Trey Mancini, why I, not trade in Trumbo? Who's got right. the Who's got the team friendly deal? Right. Because I think Mancini is the guy you could trade maybe now. And get you some pitching when you need pitching at the beginning of the season. Who are you going to get for Trey know. Mancini? Right, exactly. He hasn't. You're shown, not going to get a good pitcher, right? And that's who are you going to get for enough. for um, Mark Trumbo? Because clearly the market showed there was not a ton Nobody of teams wanted. who wanted them. Yeah, right. The Orioles are the only guys out there that care about bats, and there are no good pitchers on the about, trading market. Care about home runs. Um, right, care dongs. about players who are not great at defense but can do other things well, like right. the dunks. Right. Don't worry. In a few years, they'll write the Oriole way book and it'll blow out this money ball big data baseball stuff and show how it's all about the dongs yeah yeah josh you read the book i didn't but i there seems to be it was way better than Moneyball. there there seems to be a way and a value of a guy who can just hit a dong a tied 1-1 game hit a dong and win the game as opposed to i right. know you love guys who can walk you love guys who can steal bases you love guys who can play awesome defense right. but give me a guy in the ninth inning who can hit a dong is there anything more fun the game. than a tie game in the ninth and seeing Davis crush a ball. What literally wins you the game. Right, right. Puts Change the, team the game on, on one swing as opposed to a series of swings and bunts and take, take, steals taken and pitches. Right. Token pitches. Taken, token. Token pitches. All right. What else we got going on the show today? We got to get down to three up, three down, yo's. All right. What about this um, any, Ravens talk? Any Ravens talk? We skipped last week. We didn't talk Ravens talk. Ravens have made some little moves. Yeah, they they signed uh, Brandon Carr today. Yeah. What about Ray Rice? Ray Rice, uh, Torrey Smith held his annual charity basketball game 
at the Royal Farm Arena. The R- chicken box. Were you invited? No. Snubbed. I, I got Once we didn't go to Albie's birthday party, we got snubbed oh, to the uh, charity basketball game. That's messed up. Um, did, did you invite him to Albie's birthday party? No, he's not having. He's for having the family over. It's it. I think Tori Smith can be part of your family. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll tell Laura to send the text. Uh, the the big story that came out over the weekend though is that Ray Rice was in attendance with uh, a bunch of former Ravens, current Ravens, even Tori Smith being a former Raven, still coming back to Baltimore to his roots, uh, at least his professional football roots. Yeah, hashtag uh, trader. Yeah, but yeah. Ray Rice, I I I don't think we got the audio, but but Ray Rice had an interesting. Uh, mini press conference with ed reed both in front of the media oh really yeah uh where i won't try to uh impersonate it but but rice was saying you know in not so many words i could be playing football right now if you know if it wasn't for you know you guys know why right i'm not but and and ed reed's in the background like yeah. Yo, word. <laughs> it's like, give the man a job. Let the man play football. He's like, if I was a coach, you'd be my running back. <laughs> Uh, so, I, but, uh, I don't know. I, it was the first time I've seen Ray Rice publicly and I feel like it's been a while. Um, you know, I don't know. It's still, I it, think some people are still real touchy about it. So I hesitate really, to ha- state an opinion about it. I'll, I'll get an opinion. It's, it sucks that Ray Rice can't get a second chance. When we see people get second chances in the NFL, in the rest of life in the world, that Ray Rice is in as good shape as he's ever been. There's a lot of crappy running backs out there, and I wish that Ray Rice would get a chance. Yeah, but there's other people, you know, he's married to the woman now. They have two children together, and there are people that say he's a scumbag wife beater and he should never have a job again. Well, I'm not saying I'm saying that, but there are people that say that. I think I'm more on that side. I mean, I think we're too quick to give people second chances. I think Mm -hmm. playing in the National Football League, we're not talking about doing like a – uh, a, a, an average man's job. Like we're talking about being in a national football league, okay. and I think we're way too quick to give people second and third chances. But uh, but we're it's only a privilege. But we're only giving him. We're only not giving him a chance because there's video. He's not the only person. Yeah, he, I, there's there's current NFL players who have punched their wives. That's what I'm gonna say. It's a right. du- it's a double standard in the NFL, and that's why yeah. I think why. But 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 you're saying NFL's like people people are turned off by the NFL. Right. The, 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 the NFL either needs to go all out of. One and done, just like Ray Rice, or let everyone in. Yeah, because you're saying that's why Ray Rice should play. I'm saying, right. no, that's why those other players shouldn't play either. Yes. Sure, sure. And I'm saying the NFL needs to pick a side. You're either for white beating or, or zero against white <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's so hard about zero to- to- tolerance. Why, why? Why? Well, you should clarify. It's not necessarily wife beating, just beatings. Beatings. <laughs> beatings. Of... of of the opposite gender, or just beating or animals? animals. The, How about that? Domestic abuse, yeah. animals, <laughs> or children. Did, wait, even Adrian Peterson. Yet, didn't Michael? They're all violent. <laughs> didn't Michael Vick? He, Michael Vick came back and played in the NFL. Yeah, so did After Adrian Peterson. Adrian time. Peterson came back and played in the NFL. Yeah. Why can't Ray Rice? Because it's on video. video. I guess video. I don't know. And what's his name? The uh, Greg Hardy. Right. He's the other one uh, that there were photographs of the woman all busted yeah, up. Yeah, but not yeah. video. Right. But it's not just football. Is it, Aronis Chapman? Not video. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it because they're afraid that on Monday Night Football that uh, whoever's in the booth is going to say, remember five, six years ago when Ray Rice was in an elevator and showed the video? Like, why are they scared of video compared to everything else? I don't know. I mean, psh- because, I mean, think about it, guys. It's a big turnoff. Why do we keep giving them our money? It's one thing to say like a guy beats his wife, right? Yeah. It's a whole other thing to show a video of that guy beating his wife. 
Those are two completely different things. They shouldn't be, yeah. but they're two completely different things because there's something so gross about seeing it in video. Yeah. He just looks so inhuman. Right, right. But when you just say it, all right. Like, I understand we live in a, a, the world that happens sometimes. Sure. But sure. when you see it, ooh. Yeah. I get that. I get that. But it doesn't uh, – there's this shouldn't be a different standard. It's it's you either as an, as the NFL they either need to accept they need to make a rule a steadfast rule and follow a rule, and I think that's the, one of the things that people have hated Goodell about is right. that he makes these judgment calls. Well, and he kind of relies on the NFL's teams to do that, right? So he relies on the NFT because it's the NFL teams who decided not to give Ray Rice a job. Right, it's not the NFL. Right, I don't think the NFL has banned Ray Rice. Right, no, it's, he hasn't. They haven't banned Aaron Hernandez yet. But but there's really <laughs> he could come back. <laughs> he can come back at any point. But uh, there's got to be there's got to be talk among the owners or something because why wouldn't one of these really bad teams just take Ray Rice and deal with? They it? don't want the publicity. They is don't it really want the negative? Uh, are you afraid? Is it is it like the Trump factor? You're afraid that all these protests are going to show up and no, pe- but people are going to say I can't sleep anymore because the Detroit Lions signed Ray Rice. It, it could happen. Ray Rice is not a superstar, so it's an unnecessary distraction for a guy who's not a superstar. Yeah. Well, and I, I, you know, he can say it all he wants. He's the best shape of his life. He should be playing now. Uh, this will be what his he entered the league with uh, Joe Flacco, right? Same time, right? He yeah, won the Super Bowl. Year. Yeah. So this would be what his ninth, tenth year, if he were still pro. I, I do know this. Well, and look at Adrian I would have given up by now. Adrian Peterson's having a hard time finding a job for the money he wants. Yeah. And then we're talking about one of the best running backs of all time. Right, because guess what? Guess running backs get washed up after four years. After, yeah, once you hit 30. Right? What, what happened to LaDainian Tomlinson? He was the greatest running back in the NFL for about five years, and all of a sudden he's playing backup for the Jets or the Texans or wherever he right. went. Nobody cares anymore. And uh, sure. uh, that's that's my point. If Ray Rice is in the best shape of his life, that's great, but there's no chance he would be the running back he is now. Uh, he was back in 2008. Yep. That he that he's claiming he can still be why, now. Why do you and think he's thirty he, at this point? Why does he try so hard? Why does he want to come back? He already got the Super Bowl. Why does he want to come back? Because his season, his career ended in the worst possible way. So yeah. is it is it to try to get people to forget about that? You play you play one season, and I think there's a new story, right? Yeah, I mean, even if he yeah, if his final play as an NFL super, uh, player was a. You know, a touchdown or a ten-yard run or anything see, is I, better. He, he could get sacked for a loss of five yards. It's still better than the way his season ended in real life. But I thought, as sports fans, like we're, we love the comeback story. Like ESPN loves. Like, don't they want to do a thirty for thirty on Ray Rice about this guy who went down and then built his career back up? Not, not, not with video. Not, not in Cause, America. Because if yeah. you do that thirty for thirty, you have to show the video, original yep. video. Yep. And that's not a redeemable thing, I don't think. So we're not going to see like the O.J. Simpson story, the Ray Rice story. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> O.J. Simpson is a completely. Is that a story of redemption, O.J. Simpson? Not yet. I'm, I'm still holding out for him. He's going to get out <laughs> of prison. Big Daddy Juice. Big Daddy Juice. Big Daddy Juice is going to come out of prison in the best shape of his life. Try to get a job. No, let's get there. Three up, three down. What? No Terps talk? No. It's now time for three up and three down. So since we've been doing this show for four short years, we thought we'd do some three ups, three downs from the past four years of doing this uh, little podcast we called Section 336. Just a little thing. Yeah. Like I said, we do have to change a new down to our recent interview with Rich Dubrow. <laughs> I think I pissed him off a little bit. But... 
It's all right. I can't have all the reporters like that. Hey, who knows? You guys could end up being like the best of friends. Yeah, I didn't want to mention that we're now... He texted. He said it was a pleasure. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. A pleasure. <laughs> was that a sarcastic pledge? I don't know. It was un- it was in the form of text message. I didn't want to even. You can ma- never understand emotion in a text message unless you no. put a little smiley face emoji with Appar- it. Apparently, you can't over a podcast interview either. <laughs> no, it, it, it's our show, so we'll run it how we want to run it. That's right. The um, <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. I didn't want to even Let's get mention to some positives. I didn't even want to mention that we're we're now part of Pressbox Online with him. Dot com. Dot com. With him, I didn't want to go there. Right. Cause yeah, because he might have left. He might. Right. Have, That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? He might have got Stan on the phone and said, "Get these guys out of here." Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah guys, I just got a text message. We should remove that press box logo from our screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Whatever. All right. Uh, three ups. Three ups. Uh, three good things uh, for the past four years. What's your some favorite memories here? All right. My good things. My good things is I wrote down that my positive is the Oriole Spastics and their parody of us. Uh, but not just the Orioles Spastics. Like I wrote down that episode as an example where they took an entire show of theirs and basically just stole all our segments and bits and and had fun with it. And I think some of my favorite memories were having a podcast war with Bird's Eye View and um, that war still going and on. Baltimore on some great and, videos shot in that and one. having having fun videos and just all the uh, other shows and people that friends that we've gotten to make by doing this that we would have just always gone to Oriole games and sat side by side but never gotten to know each other that we've now gotten to know. And, yeah, and it's a lot of fun now to reignite that that podcast war with Monday Night Wars with, with Bird's Eye View. Yeah, and that, that Oriole Spastic parody episode involved one of the greatest um, – it wasn't Bird's story time, whatever story time, about their van falling was, into the <laughs> river, which was a great story. I totally forgot about Charlie's story time. Yeah, Charlie's story time <laughs> well, yeah, with where the they, van – uh, where they backed the van into the river. Backed the van into the river. Yeah, that's a great story. Yep. Uh, I'll say an up for uh, the four years we've been doing Section 336. It only lasted about 15, 20, 25 minutes. But when uh, we got to sit down at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Severna Park and interview Kevin Gausman oh, so in cool. person in so the restaurant, cool. came down, sat at the table with us. Uh, there was a large crowd there asking him questions. I, I, I stumbled my way through it losing my train of thought mid question <laughs> and it was cool it was fun because it was like the night before a start you know and getting to ask him about his approach coming up for the very next yeah. day's game and it was a lot it was a good crowd there yep. it was a live audience yeah that was a fun interview uh they he signed autographs for probably a good two and a half hours afterwards and and we wonder why he didn't pitch well the next day yeah we, we say something hand. like man hey how's these all these autographs gonna mess with your curveball tomorrow night stuff like that and uh Oh, Josh, you weren't there for No, that, I, right? I missed that, but <laughs> we also have... I thought he, was, he said he hasn't missed anything in four years. No, I, I missed, oh, I missed that interview. I did he miss missed that interview. But I do... We had a great time at Mother's when we had a, a one-year party there many oh, years yeah. ago and great. filled up the bar with some listeners. Yeah, and great. I was just thinking about all the cool interviews that we've gotten to do over four years. Yep. Like Jim Palmer. Name drop. Chris Davis. Uh, Alex, Alex Murphy's <laughs> became a friend. Trey Mancini's became a friend. Um, uh, Jonah the, Heim's dad. The whole, the, the whole Heim family. That one time I texted Bud Norris. <laughs> right. Um, uh, um, the the guys Scott and uh, what's the Jer- Jeremy Kahn. Yeah, Scott and Jeremy Kahn. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the pitcher. The Rule Five guy. Jason, Jer- Garcia. Jason Garcia. Jerry Sandusky. Rich Dubroff. <laughs> yeah, Stan Charles. Stan yeah. the fan. Glenn Clark. Glenn Clark. Like all these cool interviews Jeff we've Kemp. gotten to do. Jeff Kemp. Uh, Josh Kuznick. 
<laughs> yep. Nice. You know, the, nice. Good one. Good one. Yeah, he, he gave us some, he gave us some skinny. That that list of names started off so well with Gosman and Palmer and, and Chris Davis, Davis, and Davis, and it just dwindled. Ryan, at the end. Ryan Blake. <laughs> Ryan Blake. Right. Derek Arnold. <laughs> who, who do you want? Brooks inter- Arnold. <laughs> right. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe, Don't jinx right. it. We're who, gonna have him on soon. Who are we interviewing in 2017? Uh, who, who are we shooting uh, for? Probably not Rich Dubroff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Stan, Stan last week said he's getting us our, our dream guy. What about you, Matt? What's your up? Uh, um, oh, speaking of Rich Dubroff, by the way, I'm going to let this go, I promise. The No, you were thinking this had never gone wrong before an interview? We were talking because we had some interview problems before. Get him on the he, line. He gave me the wrong number. He apologized. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But remember, we did have trouble one time, too. We should we have said, interviewed whoever's number that was. And, and we said that was the first problem we've ever had talking to someone. We had a guy from Russell Street Report talking about the salary cap, and we had phone line issues. Remember that? And that didn't go well either. Right, so <laughs> I don't remember set that. Set that for your down. I, I blanked that out. What's your up? Oh, yeah, my up. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about that. Um, uh, what, Sarasota. Uh, so go making all the trips to Sarasota, Yeah. hanging out with uh, one of my best friends, Adam Shetso, getting him on the show. All our like, kind of late night um, fun, late night fun shows. Uncensored shows. Yeah, yeah, that one episode. Section three thirty six after dark. Recorded after, after at the Knights Inn. That goes down as my favorite. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. And like on top of that, interviewing uh, Trip Norton was always one of my. That I mean, was always cool. I want to talk to Trip Norton again. Uh. But uh, interviewing. Yeah, that's uh, right. We got it. Yeah. The we'll or executive up. Trip Norton was always a really good conversation. Um. And just experience in Sarasota. Yeah. It was all it was. Did we ever have Buck Show Walter on this show? No, we never. Not yet. Buck. I feel like I would remember that. May- maybe yeah. this coming uh, year. And someone managed to come in the chat room, Aubrey Huff. We, we haven't had Aubrey Huff on here yet, but uh, we certainly should. We we have had some communications with Aubrey Huff. Yeah, we're going to get Aubrey We're going to get here. him on soon. Yeah, yeah, oh, he wrote a book, on. didn't he? Yeah, he wrote a book. Hey, and uh, you know who else wrote a book? Ken Rosenthal, if you have three hours of your life to give away. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to wait till that Ken Rosenthal article is available on Audible, then I'll read it. It will be read by Ken Rosenthal. Yeah, and it'll be one of those like forty-five dollar Audible books because yeah. that's how it's going to take forty hours. He'll pull one of those reporter tricks. Oh, I remember this. Oh, this is one of my favorite things too. Was this segment? Yeah, we gotta get Jimmy back on the line and do another this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Aubrey Huff. I think he 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 went down the way of Rich Dubroff where we just pissed him off too much. That uh-huh. he, he never <laughs> he never came back on the show. <laughs> that's that's where all our interviews will probably end up at right. some point. All right, let's get to our, our speaking of uh, no more this weekend. Let, let's get to our downs. Okay. My my downs are the weird tech technical issues that I've had that I say I've had because I've had to deal with them all. Yeah, I would have no idea. Where, especially when I've accidentally like when I've uploaded a file and something screwed up with the file thirty five minutes in, and then I got to go yeah. deal with it. And well, there was that classic episode where it got lost, and then Josh had to re-record the whole thing using yours and my voices, pretending we were here. Was that a thing that happened? No, but it would be amazing <laughs> if it was. Right, I just did the whole the whole I thing with buttons. I think we talked enough, and we said some of the same things over and over again enough. Yes, that you could just do some computer stuff. And, oh, I'm sure. And redo sure. the show. Yeah. Adobe's working on it that. It would just be a whole episode of Matt saying Dylan Bunny's going to start in the bullpen because as he said that so many like I times. Know we've had it. We <laughs> had <laughs> one time. One time. We had an episode with like clicking in the background the whole time, but it was like an hour episode. And well, was that the intern? And uh, remember at Buffalo Wild Wings when the guy walked off with my phone? Yes. We recorded in the show on my oh, phone. Oh, we did lose that. And the yeah. guy picked up the oh, phone yeah. and took it. Yeah. 
That was similar to the time in Sarasota where that girl took my hat and walked off with it in the bar. <laughs> yeah, similar. A similar time. Similar. So uh, tech, tech issues. Or we had a button for the intern, Abracadabra, <laughs> even when he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the intern has some great Correct. buttons. Intern was my down. <laughs> He's your eternal down. Yeah. Uh, I would say I had, a, I had a hard time thinking about this. So on the drive down here, I was like talking to my wife. I was like, what, uh, what is a down? What's one of the worst things about or that's ever happened, or least favorite things doing Section 336. And she said, the fact you have to drive an hour down there every Monday night. Oh. Oh, that's supportive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I did think of that, but. <laughs> but that's actually an up because I get away from you for two hours. Oh. But that's actually an up. Oh, flip it around, not burn on you. I said the worst thing I can think of that's happened since we started doing this show I think it was the 2016 wildcard game just this past October where the three of us got together at your dad's house with your dad. Oh my we're God. all in our Orioles gear. We're so pumped. It's a wildcard game. We're going to win this and go to the, we were, the ALDS. Oh, it wasn't even that. We were going to win it and go record a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. A victory podcast yeah, afterwards. Yes. And then uh, Edwin Encarnacion hits that game-winning walk-off when Buck failed to put Zach Britton in the game. I think you guys probably recall that if you think back long and hard uh, where yeah. – me and Matt just rolled out without speaking. We didn't to, say a word. Didn't say goodbye. We just left. I, walk, I, walk, <laughs> I walked home. I looked like that clip from uh, the Arrested Development kid with his head down and, yeah, yeah. and arms hanging. George and then, Michael Blue. And then I had to sit in my living room with all my walls, had the, the, the sheeting over all the walls and couches, and cold champagne was on ice. Champagne was on ice uh, in the living room, ready for my celebration. Yeah. And it just sat there. Uh, I, I remember. It's still there. I remember texting <laughs> you guys a few days later. So we're supposed to do a show tomorrow. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I remember Matt saying, can't do it. Can't I, do it. I said, get bent. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Um, So for my down, and I just want to make a couple people mention the Maryland Terrapins in the chat room as uh-huh. they're down. Hey, listen. And and Jacob said uh, he ruined the Terrapins, ru- 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 ruined his bracket. Hey, if you had Maryland going far in your bracket, your bracket was ruined yeah. far right, before right. that game started. You ruined your bracket. Yeah. Though <laughs> 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 no, it was somewhat encouraging that uh, Xavier kicked the butt of Florida State to make us look a little bit better. That maybe Xavier was a little better than people thought. But, but, but yeah, that was an ugly game. But whatever. I, I had no expectations for Maryland in the tournament, so no, I was neither. not at all surprised by that. But my for for the show, my um, my down is again Sarasota. Uh, but this time, how, how did it work, guys? We we, we were told we, we, that we were beginning an interview from a player. No, we, we didn't know no. the player. Scott McGregor. Scotty oh, McGregor. Scott, Scott McGregor. We, we were all excited. Nineteen eighty three World Series superstar. Right, we heard good things about him as a coach I, down in Sarasota, working on rehabbing pitchers. For every interview we do on here, even interviews with Rich Dubroff, I, I I do notes, believe it or not, and I write down questions. Some good, some as you heard earlier, bad. But I I, I do questions. So I had I I did research. And by research, I mean Wikipedia sure. on Scott McGregor. And I had questions all set out. And we get there, and they say, sorry, Scott McGregor's not not, not, not available. We're going to get you another player. Um, this is kind of like when you open up that wild pack, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which wild are you going to get? Well, and it's not like they gave us no time. They said, come sit here, yeah. and then we'll be right out with the player. Yeah. And so how can we prepare questions? <laughs> right. but, but whatever, whatever. Chris Davis, I'm going to ask him about hitting the warehouse. Sure. Um, Adam Jones, why are you such a jerk on Twitter? Manny Machado, um, let's Manny Machado. check out those knees. Yeah, how are your knees? Are Bra- they really metal? Brady Anderson, let's race. Yeah, Brady Anderson, let, let's race. Or Ryan, let's go. Ryan Flaherty, let's climb in the bushes. Yeah, whatever. We had all these. <laughs> and then Al walks out. Al walks out for an interview. A common player. <laughs> in baseball card terms. A guy we didn't know. Andrew Triggs. And, I, and I, even I think when I did the interview, I might have even said his name wrong. Or I had to ask him his name again. Right. Like, was his name Andrew? Right. Quick, quickly Google on it. 
<laughs> Google, we're, we're, we're pulling up his uh, baseball stats with him across the table from us. Right. Yeah. Has anyone heard of this Andrew Twiggs guy? <laughs> Not to mention that. Twiggs? The, what? The PR guy who brought out Andrew Triggs. Remember, he was standing over Andrew Triggs' shoulders, yeah. like staring us down. Yeah. Yeah. Staring at his watch. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, One more question, guys. Yep. And uh, about a week after the interview. Yeah. Oh, I thought were... it was before we left Sarasota. <laughs> no, nah, it was right when we It was we like got... the next day. I believe it was before the next podcast back home. Uh, before the next podcast back uh, we, home. We put out the interview, but I believe it was before we like came back into the studio to talk about it. And so our interview was in memory of Andrew Tr- Triggs, <laughs> who was cut even before the next podcast. I think probably before we even got to air it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, he wasn't cut because of our interview because our no. interview never even aired. No, uh, when that happened. But he was probably on his way to Buck's office when he when he stopped by the interview with us. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty good bad. He was placed on release waivers on March tenth, two thousand sixteen. I'm willing to bet that's the weekend we were there last year. I I, I think we were there the week week before. All right. Um, what's uh? So what what, what interview was worse? Andrew Triggs or Rich Dubroff? Uh, The problem is I like Rich Dubroff. I think it was just a weird subject. Rich is my favorite uh, Orioles beat writer to follow on Twitter. I I didn't even get to tell him that. I just started following him. I mean, he gave us way better answers than the way Rock's hand on it on on Twitter. Yeah. I just wanted to, and maybe I, I don't know, I just wanted to press him a little bit on some of those questions. Right. Maybe we just got off on the wrong foot. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm sure we'll talk again. We interviewed Andrew Triggs on March 6th. And he so, was released March 10th. Oh, four days. <laughs> four days. Yeah. Yep, before the next podcast. Yeah, and that's what the PR guy probably said, okay, who's next got to get cut? <laughs> yeah, he probably knew. We'll, we'll give him a, the Section 336. Anyways. We get no respect around this place. Right. Now, with where we're on Pressbox Online. Oh, they better respect I us want, now. I want. So I don't want any more Andrew Triggs. Right. I want way, Alan you, Mills. You, you're doing like a Jim Rome thing over here, patting the papers on the table? Give me Alan Mills. <laughs> Rack them. Right. Um, let's see. You, you should like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I don't know. I don't think Ken Rosenthal would read, appreciate you doing this with his article. Retweet my tweets. This is all. It just keeps on going. I'd be here all day and have a lot of cleanup if I threw out, out all the papers. All right. Um, yeah. Check us out on section 336com Thank you, PressBoxOnline.com. Thank you, Richard DeBroff. Thanks, Richard DeBroff. It was fun, man. It was fun. <laughs> let's do it again. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Let's do it again. Sometimes real. Sometime real soon. All right, boys and girls, you can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert at Bert Brody. And you can follow Josh at Josh Soroka. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. (laughs) 